1: McClain, who's actually been a guest on this show, who's a great guy, singing about dirty laundry. Don Henley. Has Don Henley been a guest on the show? Yes, I think he has. But um, I hope he has. But anyway, um, maybe he hasn't, I don't know. But he's probably still a great guy. I'll tell you who's not a great guy is uh, James Burke, the disgraced former chief of police of the Suffolk County Police Department. And uh, and Don Henley was not a guest on the show. So my apologies of confusing he and Don McLean. So no, but no big deal about that. But um, well, unless you're Don McLean or Don Henley. James Burke has been thrust into the news again because of the arrest that has been made in the Long Island serial killer case. So far, uh, Rex Hewerman has been charged with three of these murders and linked to a fourth. That leads Leave six or seven other bodies on Gilgo Beach or remains or parts of remains on Gilgo Beach that have yet to be assigned. So many of the questions about this Long Island serial killer for over a decade have gone back to James Burke. Who was James Burke and why are people asking questions about him? Well, we turn to the man who wrote the book on James Burke, quite literally, investigative reporter for The Washington Post and author of the book, Jimmy the King, Murder, Vice, and the Reign of a Dirty Cop. Pleased to welcome back to the program, Gus Garcia-Roberts. Gus, thanks for staying up late with us.
0: Thanks for having me on, Frank.
1: Gus, if people have not followed your reporting, if they have not read the book, if they have not followed the details of this Long Island serial killer case or corruption in Suffolk County, New York in general, in Reader's Digest terms, who was or who is James Burke?
0: So, James Burke was chief of the department of Suffolk County PD, which is one of the largest police departments in the country. Um, And so that means he was the top cop in that. Massive paramilitary organization um, from 2000, starting in 2012, and um, he, you know, was somebody who rose to that level, kind of through this incredible story that involved being a dubious witness in a homicide back in the late 1970s. Uh, to having a uh, documented by internal affairs dalliance with a sex worker. Um, and he was somebody who was very good at sort of pulling political strings. And he was able to navigate his way up to the top of this department, largely with the help of the man who was DA at the time, uh, Tom Spoda. Um, this sort of, he, he kind of ruled the department, Uh, in a completely corrupt fashion. Uh, The only thing that brought him down um, was that a heroin-addicted thief broke into his truck, not knowing it belonged to the chief of police, and stole a duffel bag from him that contained sex toys and porn, and Burke and some top detectives then beat that suspect, beat that, that heroin addict, and uh, the FBI began sniffing around. A years-long investigation ensued. Ultimately, in late 2015, Burke was forced to resign. Uh, he he ultimately pleaded guilty to federal charges. Brought down Tom Spota as well, who who pleaded guilty to federal charges. Oh, I'm sorry. Who uh, who was, was convicted found of trial? Right. Yeah, convicted of trial federal charges of of helping him to cover it up, as was a top corruption prosecutor. It was basically this kind of seismic shakeup in, in the top ranks of Suffolk County PD. Um, and so that's, you know, that's the kind of sad and sordid uh, story about who James Burke is.
1: You are obviously a, uh, a national journalist, covered a lot of big investigative stories with The Washington Post over the years. What sparked your interest in this? Why did you decide to start covering James Burke?
0: Um, well, there was a couple things. One, I you know, I mean, the idea that this police chief beats up somebody for stealing a duffel bag with sex toys in it is salacious and weird and enticing. But to me, it's almost like you know, it's 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 worth a news story, but not a book. But sure. then looking into you know when I heard about Burke's backstory, how he was basically this wayward teenager in, in the suburbs out there. Uh, and then he kind of seized on being a a witness, uh, in this, in this kind of famous homicide, that of John Pius, another body found in the woods, uh, and, um, that he then sort of parlayed testimony that got four of his friends convicted, but was, but was contradictory in a lot of ways parlayed that into this career um, and then pile on that, this massive conspiracy that, that sort of unfolds all to cover up this, com- for this completely underqualified uh, police chief caught within, you know, doing something extremely embarrassing. Um, this massive cons- conspiracy that unfolds to, to me, it felt like this was a way, James Burke was basically a way of exploring Um, And a very extreme example of of the different ways that corrupt figures can navigate, uh, you know, the levers of power involved in in policing and uh, the way that policing and politics mesh to toxic results. And to me, he was just a stand in and a way of kind of exploring the, you know, the various ways that policing can go wrong.
1: When did people realize something was wrong with James Burke and that he wasn't this pillar of the community, this upstanding police officer that a lot of the public believed that he was? Did it begin with the assault on the heroin addict, Mr. Loeb, or were there rumblings about this before that?
0: Yeah, it began before that. It began when he was first floated, as, as when, when word first came down that that uh that the the incoming county executive, uh Steve Ballone, wanted to name him as police chief. Uh and, and and there's typically a way that you do things in traditionally in that department, which is you name a police commissioner and that commissioner then takes his own police chief. But Ballone wanted to flip that on his head. He was dead set on James Burke being police chief and Burke could essentially pick his own figurehead commissioner. And so as, as word of that decision comes down, Ballone receives as do other people in positions of power in Suffolk County receive letters from anonymous uh, writers uh, that basically detail in what has proven to be very accurate Um, recounting all of the sort of flaws involved in, in Burke's background, including his internal affairs history and, and essentially his, his, his way of, of, of ruling whatever squadrons he, he oversaw as little fiefdoms for his own uh, means. And, you know, the letters basically predict uh, that, that, you know, Burke is going to embarrass this department. Um, but Ballone essentially, and and as did others who might've had the power to to stop Burke from, or at least investigate these letters, didn't, didn't do anything and just, and, and, and ignored those warnings. So like throughout the Burke story, you know, um, you see a lot of rank and file cops uh, trying to sort of warn those in power about him. Uh, and so, You know, it's not really a book that is about, um, you know, cops being bad, but it's about bad cops. And it's about how how good cops are kind of uh, in certain circumstances, powerless to stop the the bad ones from, like, rising up the ranks.
1: We're talking with Gus Garcia Roberts. He's the author of the book, Jimmy the King, Murder, Vice and the Reign of a Dirty Cop. Uh, Gus, I realize your book is much broader than simply the Gilgo Beach case, but, you know, Jimmy Burke's name has been so inexorably linked, both at the time and in recent days, with this Gilgo Beach situation. I'm curious as to your reaction on the arrest of uh, Rex Heuerman.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I think anybody who's sort of followed this case for a while, as I have just, just mostly by virtue of, of sort of documenting documenting James Burke's career, you know, I, I felt kind of hopeless at times that this thing could be solved in in any way. And I think that was because you know, if you just follow the the thread of it, it was botched from the very beginning. And uh, there's sort of like this like cloud of apathy that surrounded this case from the beginning, it seemed like, um, and it's, you know, to read that, to, to read about, to read that, that, that somebody had been caught and then read the, you know, this document that, that uh, the bail document for Rex Tureman that kind of lays out how the uh, detectives did it. I mean, it's such a breath of fresh air because you read this document and it's like, There it is. Police work. Right. I mean, like that's what's been missing. It's it is um, it is, you know, detectives who actually pursued this with every resource that this massive police department had. And I mean, I don't think Ray Tierney, the D.A. and and Rodney Harrison, the uh, the commissioner, were trying to make their predecessors look bad by laying out the steps. But I mean, they really did because Mm. it's, uh, it shows that within three months of this new administration taking over and a task force being formed, they had pinpointed Rex Fuhrman. They had, they had their man within three months. And this was something that had lingered on for more than a decade. So like you kind of have these like twin emotions. One is, you know, just, just, relief and fascination and then the other is uh just just kind of more disappointment and and just it driving home uh man this you know the the fact that that there is a success now shows all the stark ways in which there, there was a failure before and and you know makes you wonder gosh like i hope nobody was Killed in the meantime. Well, yeah, uh, well, I, I, that's, was
1: free. I wonder the same thing for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early. So everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts. So you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call click Grainger.com or just stop by Granger, for the ones who get it done. Right now, yeah. when we look at Burke's failures with this Gilgo Beach situation and you look at when there were qualified uh, investigators and DAs looking into this, how, I don't want to say easily, but how quickly at least this case was solved, are you of the belief that Burke botched this case due to incompetence, or do you believe that this case was mishandled intentionally because he was trying to cover up criminal activity?
0: Um, I think, I think it's a, I think it's a combination. I, I you know, I will say uh, up front, I, I have never, and you know, I made this clear in the book and, and I think this was at a time when people, you know, uh, some, some, uh, this was speculation was more rampant that Burke was somehow personally involved in these killings. And I sort of made clear in the book, you you know, there's no available evidence that he was directly covering up his actions or, or friends actions involving, you know, these serial killings. But I do think, um, you know, that he, one, he hated the feds, uh, from the beginning, kind of like an instinctual thing, uh, and he especially hated them because um, you know by two thousand twelve uh, um, he had he was under investigation uh, from the federal government for for beating up chris loeb um and 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 you know the federal investigation started shortly after within months of him of him laying laying hands on Chris loeb. And so from then, I think it was a protective posture of, you know, we don't want the feds anywhere near anything in Suffolk County. So I think it was a mix of one, self-protectionism, and two, just like this instinctive turf obsession that him and Spota had where they did not want anybody else getting credit uh, for Interesting. cracking a case on, on 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 their jurisdiction. And so, you know, I think that includes – Keeping uh, an FBI profiler out of out of the Gilgo investigation, which is basically a basic step that goes on whenever there's a serial killer, which is an FBI FBI will lend a profiler. Uh, I think it was not making full use of cell tower data that was provided by the feds, um, and and as we know, cell tower data you know was essentially one of the number one pieces of evidence sure. in this case. Um, and, and, you know, he, the case was mishandled, you know, to be fair to Burke, the case was mishandled even before he got into office, but I think, you know, he sort of obliterated it and that, that, you know, that era in which, in which him and Spoda oversaw law enforcement in Suffolk County, there was no progress at all in the case. Uh, And it appears that there was more progress once Tim Sinney took over. And then obviously, you know, the case, although, you know, there are some questions about what happened during that administration, why certain things were missed. But, you know, then obviously during this most recent uh, administration, it was, it was cracked. Uh,
1: Talking with Gus Garcia Roberts, check out his book, Jimmy the King murder vice and the reign of a dirty cop. I want to hone in on the, fbi aspect of this including what you just alluded to a uh, friend of mine former congressman representing long island veteran congressman peter king was on uh, sid and friends on wabc in new york last week and this is what he said about the fbi's role in this investigation
0: over the years the fbi was never ever kept out of this investigation you can't keep the fbi out of an investigation and during that time as george knows Yes, Jim Burke did get in trouble with these having nothing to do with Gilgo, but he was investigated inside out, upside down, everything. If there was even a hint that he was in any way involved with Gilgo, the FBI and the United States attorney would have gone after him.
1: Now, that stands in stark contrast to what Ray Tierney, the DA in Suffolk County, said when he was on that same program a day or so earlier. This is him talking to Sid Rosenberg. Gilbert, and they waited five years. (laughs) For Long Island to get the FBI involved because they were afraid they may go down in this "quote unquote" investigation. Is there any truth to any of? Burke got arrested. The DA got arrested. Malone got a letter from a state senator. Is there any truth to any of this stuff? So you know, and obviously this is all all stuff that happened before before me. But uh, you know, the FBI was not involved for 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 the for longest time. I can tell you why. I'm sorry. Why? why? I think it was it was a decision made by the hierarchy of of Suffolk County that they didn't want uh, the FBI involved, and and you know the, the reasons why. Uh, you know, as you said, uh, you know uh, both the, the 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 police chief and and the former DA was uh, was indicted and, and convicted in federal court, and ordinarily. When you're committing crimes, uh, you, you, people don't want the FBI around. Right. So, Gus, I'm wondering if you can confirm kind of Tierney's version of history, because Peter King is usually pretty sharp when it comes to these things. I can't imagine he would just make up the fact that the FBI was always involved, but I can't see Ray Tierney making up that the FBI wasn't involved. Can you can you state unequivocally that the FBI was sort of removed from this investigation from a time?
0: Sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, and, and just to preface this, I mean, Tierney also, before he was DA, he was a federal prosecutor. He was in the district that would have been kept out. So, I mean, he sort of has the view from both ends. Also, Tim Sinney, who was his predecessor before Tierney, you know, has also said that uh, that um, Burke and Spoda actively obstructed the FBI from from entering. So, I mean, what I can tell you is is this, um, you know, two days after Shannon Gilbert's skeleton is pulled out of a marsh. And at this point, you know, now law enforcement is is of the uh, opinion that, that Gilbert was unrelated to these homicides. But at this point, when her skeleton's still being pulled out of the marsh, they know nothing, right? Uh, uh, two days after that, Burke is, is, at that point, he, uh, he is the incoming chief of department, and he informs all of the top cops, including the chief of detectives, that they are being fired. Uh, he then doesn't debrief. He then doesn't have Verone, Dominic Verone, who is the chief of detectives, along with his two detectives who are overseeing Gilgo doesn't have them debrief any incoming detectives about what happened about their investigation in the case. Um, That same month, the FBI Behavioral Analysis Unit is informed uh, by Burke's detectives that they are no longer welcome to come out to Long Island, as had been planned, in order to do a profile of the serial killer. So you have, even before he's taken office, you have Burke, uh, you know, taking extremely unusual steps to disclude the FBI from investigating. Um, and from there, my understanding is he took every step to make sure that that information was not shared with the FBI about this case. So, I mean, I think you can you can certainly debate, you know, what motives he has. And I think Peter King was seemed to be seizing on, you know, the idea that nobody credible, thinks he's the killer, I tend to agree with that. But I don't think that you can really debate that he obstructed the FBI from uh, from from this investigation.
1: So um, you mentioned Tim Sinney, and I think this is pretty groundbreaking uh, because I hadn't heard him state this unequivocally before, but he was on Court TV yesterday, I believe on uh, Vinnie Politan's show, and he said that uh, Burke who was appointed by Steve Ballone, he actively obstructed this investigation. If people didn't hear what the former Suffolk County DA had to say on this, this is just yesterday. Here's Tim Sinney on Court TV.
2: Well, I think, Phil, certainly hits a valid point. Uh, so, uh, for example, when my team came in at the very end of 2015, uh, the department was certainly uh, in turmoil. But if you go back, all the way back to 2010, you know this investigation uh, started off on the wrong foot. You had a police commissioner and district attorney fighting about different theories uh, about the uh, about the murders, uh, and then, of course, as Phil just mentioned, uh, you had uh, a chief of department, James Burke, and the former uh, district attorney, Tom Spota, actively obstruct the FBI from assisting. You know, one of the first uh, reports that I saw was a report uh, issued by a detective saying that they were. They were told not to share information with the, with the FBI there's, there's also other evidence not not gathered and, and properly analyzed uh, and uh, those those uh, missteps certainly uh, I believe, uh, hurt the investigation at an early stage.
1: So, Gus, you have the current DA and the former DA saying that uh, that Burke actively obstructed the FBI from assisting. Uh, explain to folks how that would work, because I think a lot of folks think of the FBI as this powerful law enforcement agency, and if they decide they want to investigate a case, they can just come in and do that. But if local authorities want to put up some resistance, they can really be a stumbling block and, and, and obstruct the FBI from doing so?
0: Sure. I mean, the FBI only investigates murders as, as its own only takes jurisdiction over murders in, in very certain cases uh, they aid in serial killing cases because typically what reason would a, would a local police department have for keeping out the FBI and enormous resources? Um, and, and so, you know, if, The FBI has no sort of jurisdiction to just uh, hone in on a serial killing investigation if the PD that is investigating that homicide doesn't want them in. You're right. I mean, this has always been. Sure. Uh, a Suffolk County PD investigation and at times a Nassau County, once there was bodies found that were uh, across the across the border. Um, but it's not you know, this is not a this is not a case where 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 the FBI sort of could just take it over at will.
1: I I was speaking with someone yesterday, and I believe you have uh, you have this person quoted in your book, although with a different name. He believes that his wife was a prostitute working for a prostitution ring that James Burke actually was in charge of. Does your research show that James Burke may have actually been running a prostitution ring?
0: Um, he was definitely suspected of that by internal affairs. So, I mean, you know, that there was an the the husband that you're referring to, and the reason that I sort of changed his name in the book was because I did not want to. I did not feel that it was fair to sort of accuse his ex-wife sure. of 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 being an escort with really kind of thin evidence. And so, the internal affairs investigators you know, were tailing James Burke. They wanted to prove that he had some role in a, in a, uh, um, sex worker ring, you know, kind of circling around a, a barber, uh, a barber shop. Um, And, you know, I think that they, they got, they made some inroads, but in, they were basically thwarted by, by Burke. I mean, Burke, you know, knew that he was tailing them at times he would pull his car around and sort of ask if they could help, if he, if he could help them with anything, uh, you know, this gets comical at times. He was running around at one point wore a wig and pretended to be, uh, his, his girlfriend to, <laughs> to evade the IAB cops. And it's kind of amazing though, because this was all, um right before Tom Spoda was elected DA. Uh and, and so what you kind of see is like a department that is kind of that's on to James Burke, right? I mean and right. Burke Burke had a history of 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 uh a documented relationship with with a sex worker uh in his ex girlfriend for lack of a better term, named uh Lorita Rickenbacker. And you know, I think members of internal affairs, other top members of the police department sort of knew that this guy was not somebody that you wanted rising up in the ranks. And so you have you have this concerted IAB effort, Internal Affairs Bureau effort to 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 sort of bring him down. The reason it fails is because Tom Spota gets elected. Um and the moment Tom Spoda gets elected, Burke, who He has, at that point, known for decades since Burke was a a teenage witness in in his kind of seminal homicide case. Um, Spotus shuts down the internal affairs investigation with, with, you know, um, with very firm language. And from that point forward, Burke is basically... Is basically untouchable, so you kind of do see a um, a department that is trying to eject uh, or at least like stymie the upward mobility of this troubled cop, and then you see Tom Spota, the most, in, by who becomes the most powerful man in in, in uh, county law mm-hmm. enforcement just just reverse that and say, right. no, this guy is still on the way up. Yeah. And from there, it's kind of history.
1: I, I have to run. Uh, you got to come back because it's a fascinating story, and there's so much more that we could go into. Hope everybody checks out the book, Jimmy the King. Its author is Gus Garcia Roberts. Gus, thanks for the time. Thank you. Bye, Frank. And if you want to comment on any portion of our conversation, you're welcome to do so. 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222, straight ahead.
0: Other Side of midnight. Midnight, Midnight.